Onward, pounding into glory, ride. Sign of the hammer, be my guide. Final warning, all stand aside. Sign of the hammer, it's my time. Yeah! from the grave hello everybody good day good day mates hello evening hello governor hello bruce <laughs> welcome welcome <laughs> welcome to the show lisa you're back hey, again i'm back because it's man of war it is man of war it's a manly man of war sign hey. of the hammer man of war and look lou has a white crone shirt given Woo. to me by the lovely lisa man Cool. Yes, the two, cool. two name person, Nisa Man. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And what, what's going on with White Crone? I mean, uh, how, how's the album selling? How's the t shirt selling? What's going on? Anything? Well, you know, it's doing okay. I, I have uh, it, ups, ups and downs, uh, you know, depending on what kind of thing I'm promoting or if I have an ad in a magazine or anything like that. So, uh, doing okay, but I have a, a, I have a single that I will be releasing mm. under White Crone uh, it, with a uh, fellow uh, friend guitar player, Alistair Green. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's kind of a secret, so I'm not going to say what it is. It's a cover song. And then I'm still working with Splintered Throne. We're, uh, we're, we've done pre-production for just about everything already. So we're just getting ready until everybody gets their shots and all that stuff, and we can get in the studio, but it's really starting to come together and the songs are kicking ass. So awesome. that's Very what cool. we've been up to. And that'll be your debut with that band too, right? Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I, still, I gotta cool. get the other the albums. Do they have the do they have do they still sell the albums, the older ones? Uh yeah, I think you can find them on Bandcamp still. I'll have to look on there. I gotta I'll get hook those. you up, man. Yeah, do that please. Yeah. Cause I have I I saw a couple of videos but I haven't really heard like, yeah. you know, most of that stuff. So I know a guy. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Look, look me up. But I can't wait to hear you uh, singing with them. It's going to be really cool. And uh, yeah. Oh, and th- and your video too. Your um, uh, the Poisoner video. The, the other day, you, what is it up to now? How many views? You know, I'm approaching five thousand views. So I'm trying right. to get people to go to uh, to uh, YouTube mm. and look for White Crone, the Poisoner. And watch the video because you get to see my stepdad get poisoned and a Zen monk get poisoned. And you get to see my friend Catherine get poisoned. It's a lot of fun. Seems to be a theme there. Yeah. <laughs> don't go to Lisa's house. To do- or or don't, accept the drink. don't accept the drink from Lisa. Don't accept any tea from me. Uh, did you get the, the idea for the tea from King Diamond? You know, it's it's a little bit of a tip of the hat. I mean, the the album in here, I'll I'll here it is. It's full of Easter eggs, man. I mean, it is chock full of Easter eggs. If you know what you're looking for, there's an accept Easter egg. There's King Diamond Easter eggs. There's uh, a Celtic killer Foster. Venom cover. There's a Venom cover. There's Judas Priest Easter eggs. Uh, Iron Maiden, of course, is just all these little homages. And if you know what you're looking for, there's Manowar in there. Yeah, so if you know what you're looking for, you'll find it. Yeah, definitely. It's a good album. Good shit. Thank you. Yes, it uh, is a great record. It's very good. I did. And we say a lot of fucking bad words on the show every <laughs> once in a while. And today's going to be one of those days because we're talking about Man O' Fucking War. Yeah. Sign of the Hammer. Man-o. Awesome album. I, I remember I was really into Man of War. And I was in a band, uh, Lou remembers this band, Phoenix Rain, and I was with the guitar player. We were driving probably to a show or something, and Sign of the Hammer comes on. And I'm like, who the hell is this? I already know Manowar. And I'm like, I've never heard this Manowar song before. Where did this come from? I've never even heard of this album. And then he tells me it's on Sign of the Hammer. And um, very hard to get at the time. Really couldn't find this. For some reason, this album just, I couldn't find it. I don't know if anybody hmm. else had that same issue. Yeah, no, I've. 
founded at uh, for what it's worth records, but they were known for having underground metal. So, plus I think it was released from uh, music. I think it was released by Music from for Nations. So at the time they weren't as well known until about the '90s when they were signing bands like My Dying Bride and uh, Cradle of Filth. So that's when they blew up. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it just it was hard wow. for me to find this album. Back, back, back in the 80s, the Music for Nations was more of a distributor record label for international records rather than really had their own roster. I mean, it mm. took a couple years, probably until about 85, 87, so a couple years after this. I think this is a Music for Nations. Yeah, I think they, they did some singles and stuff. Here's the Defender yeah. single. Oh, I got a lot of stuff on yep. music for nations. Yeah. Actually, the first two music from for nations uh, releases that I remember were "The Good, The Bad, and The Wasted" by Wasted, and the single of "Creeping Death" by Metallica. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very cool record label. Actually, they made a somewhat of a comeback. Oh, here I think we go. The earliest one I have is the first Rat EP. Damn, that's one. That one's out of print now. Poser. <laughs> hey, Warren D. Martini rocks. I don't care what anyone he does. does. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> Rat is just as heavy as Man of War on that EP. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah, I mean they, they, you know, people give them a lot of shit, but they were pretty heavy for a glam band. I love oh, Rat. They, yeah. they were, yeah, good. Good songwriting. Yep. I never got into them, but I see a lot of people running about Rat lately, especially on Facebook on uh, on Ralph's thing, and uh, I don't know I really got to look more into them. Huh? What were you saying, Lou? None. Just you know, uh, they've been saying a lot of stuff about them lately because uh, Stephen Piercy, the lead vocalist, said he doesn't want to release a Rat album unless he gets, you know, unless it's him, Juan Crucier on bass, Warren Martini on guitar, and Bobby Blotzer on drums. Mm. He said. Playing a rat show with other people is one thing. Rec- writing and recording music with the original rat is a different story. And he wants, if they were to go out with a bang one last time, that's who he wants to be with. Yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. All right. So uh, that was my introduction to the sign of the hammer. <clears throat> Greg, what was your introduction to the sign of the hammer? Well, I heard Battle Hymns and uh, Hail to England first, and then I went out and bought up the rest of what I could. So I think I got Sign of the Hammer. Uh, what's the name of the third one? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, is it Hail to England? Hail to no? England. Um, is it? Hail to England, yep. Is it? The... It is. I thought that was the third into... album. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the It is their third album. Okay. Hail to oh, England. in a glory ride. That's right. I got him flip flop. Yeah. Mm. So anyway. I got um, <clears throat> this Hail to England and um, Fighting the World all at the same time. Th- this is definitely one of the ones. I, well, I liked it a lot better than Fighting the World. <laughs> yeah. There's some great tracks on here. Um, I love Guyana. That's such a great song. And, uh, well, Sign of the Hammer. Shit. See, it's been a long time since I listened to this, so I've got it on the internet up on the front of my uh, <laughs> screen right here so I can see what they are. The Oath! The Oath. That's one of my favorite Man of War songs. Me too. But um, they they got a real you know new wave of British heavy metal feel, and I really like how they had that 70s vibe to them, but they were still metal and, uh, you know... For as silly as most of the lyrics are, Ross the Boss is an amazing guitar player. Oh, yeah. Lou, what's your introduction to Sign the Hammer? So, 1996, uh, I was in Greece that summer, and that was actually the first time I've heard of Man of War because yeah. I had friends that I grew up, I grew up with that uh, when I would go to Greece growing up, I would see them all the time. So they were into metal, I was into metal, and they were talking about Man of War, and at the time, you know, I didn't know enough about them. So it wasn't until I didn't even get to hear Man of War when I was there, because we weren't listening to tunes. We were out, like, you know, going to the beach every day and partying it up at night. So when I got back, and I was listening to WSOU a lot, and then all of a sudden they played the song Sign of the Hammer, 
And I was just like, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, being that this is 1996, 1997, we're talking about, and I couldn't really find underground metal in the stores because metal wasn't cool. Mm. But then when I got to college radio, I saw that uh, WSJU had, um, well, all the Man of War CDs in stock. <laughs> so I was able to get all of them, like record copies of them for myself. And Son of the Hammer was probably, it's not my favorite of the classic era. And by classic, I mean everything with Ross the Boss. Um, that has to go to Into Glory Ride. But um, it is in my top three. And I absolutely love this album. And I think, with the exception of Guiana, it's really not that well known. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. Which is funny, because I had always thought of the song Sign of the Hammer as one of their better-known classics. And Mm -hmm. Wayne didn't know it until you heard it that one time. Yeah. I guess I'm wrong, but... (laughs) Yes, it's weird. Like I, I really got—I knew Man of War, but I didn't get really heavily into them until that album. Um, not fighting the world. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? Kings uh, of Metal. Nope. Well, yeah, I did know that song too because that—that that song was—I heard that on their college radio. Triumph of uh, Steel. Not Triumph of Steel. The Modern other one. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, God damn it! <laughs> Battle hymns into glory. No, Ride. Wa- warriors unite. No. What warriors? Hail and night. kill. No, no, it was a newer one. Warriors Damn of the World it. Unite. Yes, yeah, I think it is Warriors of the World Unite. That's when I, I finally got into heavily into Man of War. And then I worked my way backwards. Anyway, I'm saving Lisa for the, la- the last because uh, she's got the best story. And, and you basically um, started with Man of War, like, I guess, toward, in the beginning of Man of War, really, right? Yeah, like- I, it, was, it was when Battle Hymns was first released. Right. I was 12 years old, and I was hanging out at this record store uh, in Beaverton called For What It's Worth. And it was like a head shop, record shop. And they would have like underground metal artists. And they would have all these weird albums and picture discs and all that. I mean, this was the the, the for real record store, T-shirts and everything. And I saw this album. I saw just, just you know, <laughs> the Eagles, Man of War, Battle. I'm like, and I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> but I'm buying that, you know, and that, and I, I, you know, and that's how I discovered uh, Merciful Fate, the, the uh, evil. That's how I discovered okay. that album because I just yeah. saw the look at the big skull. This is cool. I'm taking this home. <laughs> and so with same with Merciful Fate, but with Man of War, I just would invite all my friends. You got to hear this, man. You got to hear this. And so pretty soon, all my friends, they became Man of War fans, too. So I kind of I kind of started with my whole group. And then they just released albums just like boom, boom, boom. They released yeah. them so quick. And, uh, you know, and then there was Battle Hymns uh, or the, the, there's Battle Hymns, Into Glory Ride, which is definitely mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Then um, uh, I call it their satanic album, which is the, <laughs> the, the Hail to England. And, really? and then this one. So these four albums are the ones that I really was into. I forget what the what the next one was. Is that Fighting the World? Uh, fighting the World. Yeah, yeah, the yeah world that was the next that. one, which I got. That was kind of like, you know, I don't know, man. They're getting... They're yeah, getting they got really commercial on that one. Big and dumb. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like this, this album has a couple of big, dumb songs. I, yeah. I, I think it's a big dumb song. So, yeah. you know, that was my introduction to, to Man of War. But I also got to play Joey DeMeo's bass. Because when I was like 19 years old, me and those friends that I all turned on, we all, you know, were ex-high school friends. And we all went to see Manowar at this little shithole club in Portland. And uh, some guy was heckling the band. And they said, oh, can you play the, you know, can you play better than us? And they let him play the drums. And he actually wasn't that bad. But then they, you know, get the hell out of here. So it was, it was pretty good natured. I mean, the way they took heckling, because they got heckled, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Loincloths and shit, wow. you know. So, you know, and this, he said, does anybody else want to play, show us how to play our instruments? And all my friends pointed at me. And so <laughs> Joey DeMeo pulled me up on stage and let me play his bass. Holy shit. And, I, you know, and I was, oh, you know, fine. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, Joey DeMeo let me play his bass. And then I got an autograph from him. It's not mine because I had quit smoking by this time, but a friend of mine had a Marlboro 
So he, hey, good bass, says Joey Camarone. Well, Lisa, so why don't you tell the audience what song you played? Yeah. Oh, I, pay, I played like the first variation of Paganini's 24th Caprice, which was something I was working on at the time. So I played that variation. And, All right, here's your bass. Hey, Ingve, hey, <laughs> eat <awesome>. me. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that shit anymore, but, but yeah, I was a huge fan, and that's why... That's why I said, I've got to have a six-string bass. And that's why I bought this particular bass. And it's because it's because of a song on this album that I said, I'm going to buy a six, a six, an eight-string bass. So that's why I own this here eight-string bass. Even though this is the same bass that the guy in Raven has. Mm. You know, so but it wasn't Raven that made me buy this bass. It was Joey DeMeo. Can I take a wild guess and say, was this, ask if the song was Mountains? Why, yes. Nice. <laughs> Why, yes, it was. What got so, you, what what yes. made that song make you so interested in it? What was so good there's about that just, song? Oh, there's a moment during, there's this long, like, uh, instrumental section in there. Mm. And there's like, you know, Ross is making like porpoise noises and stuff with his guitar, you know, whale sound. <laughs> porpoise noises. And then he's, you know, Joey's playing all these harmonics and stuff. And then the guitar starts playing the melody. You know, they kind of go to the pre-chorus. The guitar starts playing the melody. And right there, bring, ding, yeah. ding, bring, bring, ding, diddly, ding, ding. And it's so chimey. It's just this sound and i just oh i gotta have one of those so i kept my eye out for one of those until one day i found this in 1986 i found this in a store and i was like i want that Mm. mom help help me out (laughs) and you still have it that's awesome help me out with you know putting on a credit card so and i still have it and i played it i played it on the poisoner so Oh, awesome! But yeah, I, I love that song, Mountainer. It's uh, mountains, Mountainer. I'm, I'm getting me confused with Poisoner. Uh, that is an wow. awesome song. Wow! Don't, I, I'm don't just... ask me. <laughs> Mountaineer. She just said Poisoner, and it just got in my head. I don't know, whatever. Greg, uh, what got you into Sign of the Hammer? I already went to Greg. Well, we already did that. No, I meant don't ask me about that song because you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, jeez. Nice. How about let's ask you about it now then? <laughs> well, you know, you got to get hey. really baked and listen to the song first. I think it's a really tr- tr- trust me, I was. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it is actually, honestly, oh, the, uh, the the and the part I like the best is the instrumental part you're talking about, but the rest of the song I just feel is long, drawn out, and boring. It's them trying to be prog rockers, but not quite accomplishing it. Oh no! No, I think they do it awesome. I love it. Ever. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I do love the I'm chorus, just, though. I, I've never liked that song on this record. You, he, he is yeah. high. He yeah, is. That He's one and, uh, and Animal. <laughs> I hate the fucking gang vocals in that song. Oh, are, really? I love that song. <laughs> Listen. Listening to that song in preparation for this album just reminded me of the 80s. Dudes with hot rod cars, rocking yeah. mullets with chicks who had tube tops and tight pants and stiletto boots, <laughs> looking for a good time, having unprotected premarital sex, worried if they have to go to Planned Parenthood the next day. There's nothing wrong with that song. It's 80s as fuck, and I don't care if that happens <clears throat> anybody. I'm going to stop you right there. Good, I'm already done. I want you to... Okay. I'll give you that, but you can't sit there and tell me you can't name ten other songs that are the same vibe that are way better than that one. Oh come on! But it's got the bass guitar, it's got the bass yeah. guitar. and he also no, goes I, wow, and that's how I, I learned how to do that. That song. <laughs> I actually love the bass in that song. It's just I don't like the gang vocals in that one particularly. They they drive me nuts. I don't because they can do gang vocals good. Just. Not on that one for some reason. It's a little corny sounding, but it is a cool song. I, I do Why like it. More corny? But no it's about a half from, step away from but Sammy Hagar, likes... but yeah. <laughs> no, that's just bad. Everyone likes corn in some level. They either like it as a corn muffin or they like it on the cob. Corn's okay. 
not Sammy Hagar. Please, Greg, let's not make that comparison <laughs> ever again. Uh, well, Greg did mention something earlier today about 5150, but that's another show. Uh, that has uh, nothing to do with Sammy. <laughs> oh, stop it. Wayne, I don't even... We do not talk no, about fifty-one fifty. Seriously, I li- <laughs> I listened to a Japanese OVI press of that that my buddy just got, where they used the original mix, like how Eddie intended it to sound before it they them, by the way. mixed it for. Huh? I don't know who's making something in the fucking <laughs> microwave, but that's irrelevant to the point I'm trying to make. Um, but they used Eddie's original mix because on the more commercial mix that they did with the hits and everything, you know, they kind of pushed Sammy's voice out to the front. The actual album, the original mix of it, focuses a lot more on Eddie and Alex playing off of each other. And there's actually some really cool stuff you can't hear on there on the standard mix that you can on the Japanese one. And it gave me a real respect for what Eddie was actually doing on there with his music. Outside of, why can't this be good? And, you know, songs like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that has one of the worst lines ever, though. Only time will sell. Time will tell if we stand the test of time. Ugh. Now oh, let's I get back to Man of War, please. Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. the worst. I didn't know Eddie okay. uh, Van Halen was on Man of War, but um, <clears throat> I, I think this is my favorite of the early Man of War albums. Really? I mean, I like the other ones. I love I love love battle hymns. Some songs I don't like on there. Yeah, the other two albums, I don't know. It just, they just seem uneven to me. This one, I can listen to it all the way through and love almost every single song on here. Thunderpick, I know, uh, Lou, you're not too crazy about that song. I think you mentioned that. Throughout. Really? Which one? Thunderpick. Wasn't too crazy about it. I mean, look, I enjoy a good instrumental solo as much as anybody, but I want to hear the notes. I heard the yeah. pick. I didn't hear yeah. the notes. Now, with the exception of that, though, I think think it's a it's it's an incredible album it just provides images of like robert e howard type uh, pulp stories and i i love it i'm i'm a look you want to talk about cornball and cheesy i love italian sword and sorcery films and i love conan the barbarian so this album just reminds me like the perfect soundtrack to that mm. well and, Man of War is more like the soundtrack to a Roger Corman movie about. <laughs> are, are we talking? I, are we talking Teenage uh, Caveman or Dead Heat? Which like which era? Like Dead Heat era, yeah. I mean, that's just the image they evoke to. I mean, great, great music, but they just always looked so ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, grown men wearing loincloths and leather yeah, and no things. Problem with it. <laughs> See, I, I, when I got into Man of War and in Lou too, they weren't they were done with the loincloth thing, so I didn't really get the loincloth stuff. I haven't liked time, any you know? of the albums since Ross left, to be completely honest. I wasn't. Yeah, sure. well, yeah, there's there's some stuff you know, yeah. hit and miss on those, but uh, well, I, I yeah. got I got to agree with Greg. I feel like they lost some of the magic when Ross, the boss, was no longer part of the band. I mean, I mean, it's just you know, not knocking David Shankel, and we won't talk about a certain other guitar player. But, um, you know. Oh, it, right, the kid diddler. The new one? Oh, the, <laughs> no, the, the other right, one. Fine. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it just lost, it kind of lost the magic for me. I'm not saying they're not a great live band to see. I mean, they put on a hell of a show. I just wish they would bring their European show to the States where they're from. But I digress. Well, have you been to a Man of War show in the United States? No, but I. <laughs> I did. Playing... I've only been to one Man of War show. You've been to one, but really? back, in the, back in the day. And that Where was did... like, you know, God, I was not, like 1989 or some shit. You know, yeah, it's so like, was what? Lit, right? Was there huh? people there? Did people go to it the show? It wasn't packed. No, oh, it wasn't because packed then either, huh? that, wow. even back then, they were more well known in Europe, you know, than they, than they wow. were in the States. Wayne, where did you see them at? B.B. King's Blues Club or at the Vanderbilt? Oh, I, I, at the Vanderbilt in Long Island, and there was maybe 50 people, if that, there. Yeah, 50 people? Which is weird. Long Island, you'd think there'd be more. Yeah. Wasn't Immortal the opening act? I missed the opening act. I went there strictly oh. for Man of War, so I missed it. 
And that, yeah, you might. Be I right. I only awesome. ever had the opportunity to buy tickets for them once, and they canceled the whole show because of low ticket sales. Wow, rough. They yeah. just they just don't sell here. I don't know why. I mean, I think they're awesome. well. <laughs> Manassas, Virginia was probably not. The oh best yeah, well, choice <laughs> for them to try to book a man of war show, but. What are these tickets? You ain't going to this show. I'm getting your movie. Praise Jesus. You know, that makes as much sense as the Sex Pistols touring the states when they just did the southern United States. Manassas, Virginia? Really? Yeah. Bible Belt right there. No, there were some clubs down there that would do... Uh, metal shows and it kind of depended on who the bands were. I can see why it didn't work out for Man of War. That really didn't fit that type of uh, area. But it's a shame because that would have been a fun show. Yeah. It's just weird here because they're from here. You know, then you would think that fans from here would go see them, but they just, I don't know. They just didn't. And, I think and at they've the time, always been bigger overseas. Yeah, they have been. It's just weird to me. But uh, at that time, that, that Warrior of the World uh, album, I thought that was really good. And um, I just thought there would have been more people. But anyway, uh, some really great songs. All Men Play on 10. That's an awesome song. And also, too, when uh, when I wanted to do this album, I was talking to Lou about it. This is like the gateway to the next album, Fighting, fighting the World. And like you said earlier, Lisa, there are some corny songs on here that sound like Fighting the World, you know? So yeah. some of that... Writing style got mixed. Play on ten is one of them. I think it's a big right. dumb song, it and is. he's but channeling good... his inner Paul Stanley, and he's yes. almost like fucking Paul Stanley rapping. <laughs> Don't you agree, Greg? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say about this album. Is you, this is where you can hear the change start to happen because it sounds like a Kiss record. It does yeah. that album does that song does? Yeah. Yep. Just the, the the way it's set up and, you know, um, <clears throat> the, lyrically, they're almost more boastful here. It, it it sounds like going to see a Kiss show and Paul and Gene lyrics. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. Jack, you honey, plugging into 220. Stay back and watch my fingers fly. <laughs> da <Da-da. laughs> You know? Yep. Uh. Yep. Still ten times better than the rods. <laughs> I guess. But I love the chorus of the song. It's it's catchy, you know. Yes. It is. It's very catchy. It's I, it you is. like it too, Lou? Yeah, I mean it's a cheese ball song, but you know, everyone likes cheese. Everyone eats pizza. It's all good. Even vegans lament the fact they can't have real pizza. So, you know, it's Good stuff. I mean, yeah, but yeah, but the God, the first is bad though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, are, but it is what it is. I can't. I, I, I just, that I, I, pic- <laughs> I just picture him coming out in like a pimp suit trying to do a rap thing. To that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Well, you know hey what? man, what be this and what be that, and why you gotta look like that? Now, I just think oh, of Antonio... I've heard it's the new revolution. I just think of, I just think of Antonio Fargas's character in uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker when he comes out with the platform shoes that have the fish on the bottom. Hey, I can't help it. You've been shopping at the Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's I, slide in that whole movie. <laughs> I think that was Fishbone that actually said that line. So I was just like, yeah, even more reason to love Fishbone. But anyway, we're talking about Man of War. I'm sorry. To... <laughs> <laughs> the show keeps yes. going off the. The Paul rails. Stanley movies, we're going everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Animal and Thor. Thor's another really cool song. I really Love like that, that one a lot. Very catchy song. Um, and then we talked about Mountains. Another, Let's not uh, move we... on from Thor yet. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Thor. Because what like what's Thor? really cool about Thor, I just love this out. I love this song so much. It's really melodic, and it's got just cool lyrics. And at the end, he does a scream for 30 seconds. He holds the screen. Yeah! And you can tell this is not studio like oh, yeah. magic. No, because you big... can hear his voice changing as he's holding that screen. And it's like epic. And I remember trying to hope that's how I learned how to sing long notes was that scream. So I would wow. hold this big long note, you know? Mm, yeah. 
It's like, Eric can Adams. I do that today? <laughs> it's like a test. Can I do that today? We'll, we'll see soon. Um, the craziest thing, though, about Eric Adams is that he said his 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 biggest influence is Ian Gillen. And the thing that really impressed the hell out of me was the fact that he said he never had training on how to sing. So this is all coming from him. And the fact that, yeah, okay, they tuned down a half step, but he's also in his 60s right now. But he could still deliver, you know, on, he on that stuff, level. He does stuff that's, that actually vocal coaches will tell you not to do. He does this hard glottal onset I'm Jet Fuel, honey. You know that kind of stuff. Ah, ah. He'll he'll hit a word that starts with a vowel hard, and most singers that'll wear out your vocal cords. Doesn't do shit to him. The guy's a tank. It's yeah. just genetic or something. His voice is just tough. It is. So, yeah, He's one of great. one of my top favorite vocalists ever. I mean, his like like you said, Lou. His he just sounds the same. He sounds the same from back in the day. He's a little lower, but he just got that powerful voice that uh, a lot of vocalists really don't have. And it, it, yeah, when he sings, you know it's him. You know, uh, I mean, very Matt, few, very few can do that. I mean, Dio did it till his dying day. God bless him. And uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Halford's probably like the only other singer that I could think of that delivers on that level. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, he has to stop and stand while he's while he sings. But hey, you know what? I want to hear Rob Halford sing his ass off, and I'll take him standing so he can do it. Who cares? Yeah, it's all right by me, as long as he can still sing. Uh, Mountains we talked about before, and Greg doesn't like it, but it's a good song, so he should listen to it again and again and again until he does like it. I have Womp heard plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sign of the Hammer, the one that really made me a huge fan of this uh album and it's one of my top favorite man of war songs ever it's got the most singable chorus and at least when you sent me that video earlier this morning or last night uh, were you singing that chorus i was like the same as me every time i hear that even every time i hear the name of this album i I have to sing that chorus yeah it's just such an awesome song and this song has my favorite eric adams moment because he's like one of my like top five vocal influences where at that the spell has been broken. Yes. The curse has been lifted. And he goes, Black <laughs> is the wind! Which I can't yeah. do. But it's just like, whoa! My hair goes... <laughs> <laughs> That's like, hands down, my favorite Eric Adams moment. Black is the yeah. wind. Yeah, it's awesome. This song gives me goosebumps every time I yeah, hear it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was the first Man of War song I ever heard. Gave me goosebumps then too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just awesome. Greg... What? Do you like Sign of the Hammer? Yes. I just, agreed to, uh, with, I just agreed with everything you guys said. I said, yes, I, I agree as you were going along. So, yeah. I hear you. Lisa was singing over you. I'm sorry. Pretty much. I've been saying the whole time. This is a true classic, and I was surprised you didn't know it better. But, yeah. No, still gives me goosebumps. He sounds great on this. It's a good track. What do you mean you didn't One know of the it? best ones they ever did. What do you mean surprised I didn't know it better? Well, that you hadn't heard it before he played it for you. I thought that... Never, never mind. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just had, I was just getting into metal. I, yeah. <sighs> the Oath. My favorite song on the record. Why? Fucking Ripper. That, that might be my favorite, too. I think the lyrics are the coolest. I think that's some of their best lyrics, lyrics ever. I love his bass playing on this, too. Just the way, way he's picking it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and actually, surprisingly, this is probably one of their least kitschy sets of lyrics he's ever written. Yeah. Um, great song. Yeah. Yeah. What do you melodic. think about the oath? What do I think of it? I love it. Yeah. I mean, like, I love the whole freaking album. I mean, yeah. it's it's not one of the... Yeah, there isn't... I mean, it's not one of the standout tracks for me. I mean, for me, it was Mountains. I just, you know... Sorry, Greg. I just loved it. I mean, I felt something when I heard that song, so... Mm. Yeah, that's, that's I, yeah. The mountains is awesome. I, Greg's crazy. Um, both is cool. He's entitled to his opinion. He, no, he's not. Um, Thunder Pick is, is cool. Well, I like, fine. You You're not invited when I do Sepultura, then you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we already did the Sepultura show. Um, Thunder Pick. You know. I, I I like that one too. I, I really 
I mean, the the intro, uh, the beginning of the song was really weird. He's doing all these weird sounds on on the bass and uh, doing all these weird pickings on the strings and stuff like that. But it's cool. It gets better as it goes on. And uh, I really like it. Lisa, how do you like this song? Because since you're the bass player. Yeah, well, you know, I, I love I, I love kind of the weird noises that he makes. And he finds a lot of these harmonics that I have a hard time finding. And you have to have a really kind of thin, bright tone and new strings and all that stuff to find all these. I really like the corded kind of renaissance-y parts right. that he does, yeah. the little the yeah. corded parts. But I wish it were simpler in places because, you know, he's like over-shredding mm-hmm. and, and slopping it up. Right. And it just, you know, it it sounds like, oh, this was a take, and ah, all right, that's cool, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of, hey, maybe you should, you know, really hone this down. But that's kind of how they are. They, you know, that's what Joey DeMeo does. He overshreds, and I could never play that fast anyway, you right. know. But I do wish he had pared it down a bit because those little melodic chordal things are just so freaking cool and where he finds these harmonics and stuff. So, uh, so I'm kind of, eh, I love it, hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's cool because you don't, not that many bass players do bass solos and, and, you know, treat yeah. their bass as like, you know, uh, like the sole instrument type thing. And, and I just like how he almost plays his bass like a guitar in a way, you know? Well, I mean, you could yeah. play his bass like a guitar because it's set up like a guitar. His, yeah. his bass is actually, he's got basses where, the four strings and put a different saddle and a different uh, a different saddle, different different uh, nut, different bridge, and the strings are close together. So mm. it'll be four strings all jammed together and some neck on the either side, mm. and super super light strings. Plays a piccolo bass. Everything is just set up really light and really easy to play. So, you know. Otherwise, you'd be killing yourself on these things. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Actually, I saw somebody do a um, cover of one of the Man of War songs, but he played, I think it was a regular bass that he used. But yeah. You could tell when he was playing, he was playing with his fingers, and uh, you could see he's struggling a little bit, but he, they did a pretty good job. Uh, we get to the final song, Guy Anna, Cult of the Damned. Greg, why do you not like this song? What the hell are you talking about? This is one of my favorite like songs. Ever. Oh, is it? No. I thought you didn't like it. I, I, early I, in the I, show. I said I wish Mountains was more dynamic in its ways, oh, okay. like Guyana is, because in Mountains I only like that mm-hmm. one instrumental section in his bass playing, really. But this, I love the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's, that's, it's yeah, Man of War. Yeah. And it kind of reminds you me know, of almost it's, like it's, a... it's, it's Conan slaying yeah. Thulsa Doom played by a strangely miscast James Earl Jones. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but could anyone else have played the part of Thulsa Doom? I don't think so. Well, Skeletor could have since he was originally a glowing skeleton ghost before they turned him into the saucer. But you take risks. So frankly, Angela, but anyway, this has nothing to do with Robert. I think Diana (laughs) and mountains, they just do different things. They, they are dynamic in two different ways where Guyana is multi-movement and it gets big, it gets small, it gets big, it gets small. It moves like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas mountains just goes up a ramp and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's really, really big at the end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might not notice the diamond. You're just being taken along for this ride, and then he's just screaming his face off at the end. But uh, this, this is this is a it's a great song. It's a multi movement song. It's got the all backups. The, mm-hmm. That's a, I play. I played some Manowar for my touring band. You know, I always make these guys listen to Manowar. You know, and they couldn't they get be, over they like should the be grateful. Oz. They did, that's what they did like. Oh, they thought that that's what makes the song, man. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Reminds oh. me of Dio, too. I love this song. Yeah. yeah. Like Egypt or something. Yeah, yeah. Not not like that they sound like that, but same type of feel. You know, it's got that epic stuff to it. Yeah. I like at the end he's screaming, Mother. Mother, yeah. like people who are dying, that's the th- last thing they, they cry out for their mother. Mm. You know, so I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Guyana song. too. Yeah, I'm sorry, song. Wayne, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was letting you go. No, I mean, I love it. I mean, you know, just uh, hearing it, you know, I remember the first time that I heard it. And then, you know, I think it was on the live version 
There's a live version of it on uh, Hell on Hell on Stage, uh, the two uh, one of their two disc live sets. And you know, you know, to me, the true testament of a song is uh, you know, can you pull it off live? And they do. And it's probably one of my favorite epics that they've ever done. There was just one thing I wanted to piggyback on. You mentioned. Uh, like you don't know many bass players who can you know do a solo instrument. I think you yeah. you just said it right now that they can't do a solo instrumental. If you're familiar with Victor Wooten, listen to uh, Victor oh. Wooten of Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. He there's a point in, in their show when they do when he does a bass solo and he did um, Norwegian Wood into Amazing Grace and was tuning his bass as he was playing. <laughs> Watch that then come back to me. Uh, you'll but, have to send uh, it to me because I have no right, idea. Yeah, Wooten is is insane. I've seen He's Wooten live. Oh he my is God. the shit, very technical and very advanced. A little, a little, uh, you know, too showy for my taste. But holy shit, he's the gold standard, man, and a great guy, a really nice human being too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Guyana's just fucking epic. I mean, it you is. can't deny it. It is. Uh, it's one of my favorite endings of the album, just like uh, on the first album, Battle Hymns. It, it's very kind of similar where it builds up, has all the build up and things in it. And, and uh, this... one, one thing to mention, though, about the significance yeah. of it, I mean, the, the whole Jim Jones thing, like that was, I think it was only about 10 years prior that yeah. it happened. So it's yeah. actually, you know, probably one of the first times that, one of the only times that I could think of where Man of War really tapped into something that was recent and sung about it. And yeah, it it was the first time that they were really topical. And I don't know. I think they should be praised for that. That first line is, is awesome. I was just looking it up. (laughs) Thank you for the Kool-Aid Reverend Jim. Jim. (laughs) So a lot of people go, wow. You know, and some people thought this song was disrespectful. I've seen some, you know, Hmm. but it, but it's just over the top and the band is over the top. And if they're going to attack this subject, they're going to do that. And, but some of the words are, you know, I lo- were you our God or man in a play who took our applause and forced us to stay? You know, so there's there's some, you know, dark lyrics in there. Oh, yeah. So you could see a little bit of, of you know, it's still corny, 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 but still a little bit of that uh, darkness of the side, too, of uh, 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 Hail to England that's still in there. Yep. <clears throat> yep, that's why I love this song so much. Just a lot of cool shit in there. I like the corny stuff, but it's the music and everything just all fit together so well and just makes for a great song. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great album, too. I mean, one of my favorite Man of War albums out of all their albums. And uh, yeah, if you haven't heard it, please go check it out. Like I said, it's for some reason, I don't know why, but I just feel like it's the least talked about Man of War album. We yes. have to talk about the mix. What about because the mix? Because I love this mix. I don't so like do I. The mix is dated. Like the the oh, drums well, sound like cardboard boxes to mm-hmm. me. Oh. There's no low lows. But you no prefer this? Lows. I you agree. Prefer the other band, the other There's albums no lows. compared to this one? Okay, this guy, a lot of their albums are frankly no low lows. I understand that the whole Billy Sheehan, you know, uh, bass tone that's bright and thin, but to me the album sounds too bright and thin. There's a guy, forget his name, uh, is it the guy who who did the the he's the producer on the album. He worked with like Poco, Tony, Tony Platt, Tony yeah. Platt, Tony Platt mixed and did produced mix? the album. I thought he just did one song. All tracks produced. Oh wait, all tracks produced by Jack Richardson. Jack Richardson and mixed he did by a Tony lot. Platt. He did Alice Cooper. And he did a lot of pop and rock yeah. bands. I don't think he was equipped to deal with a metal band. He mm. also did Hail to England. I think it's 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 a bit muddy. I think it's a bit thin. I think they needed some real low lows. But granted, look, we're talking about 1983 they did this. Mm. So people didn't have, you know... Most people there, didn't have subwoofers. There wasn't that, that, well, cars, yeah. huh? And then there also wasn't that go-to metal producer or, you know, whatever to, yeah. to go exactly. to. Exactly. So just it's kind of a warning to people who are new to it. If they if they go, why is this sound, you know, it's, it's not really moving my subwoofer. It's just not going to because yeah. they weren't mixing shit that way back then. Yeah. 
But is that more the fault of the producer? Is it the band? Is it the label? Do they want it rushed? I mean, whose fault is that? I mean, I mean, I think you could put a lot of the onus on Joey himself because, you know, well, his bass doesn't sound bassy. No. Like you would expect from like, I mean, like, you know, you listen to like the old Metallica records and you hear Cliff's bass. It's it's thumping. It's loud. It's there. It's in your face. You hear it. You know, I mean, his bass tone is completely different from like a Joey DeMaio's and Joey, mm-hmm. you know, him, you know, playing like I know the bass that you're talking about, Lisa, where it's like, you know, the four strings are like bunched together and they're like on the um, lower half of the uh, of the frets. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you'd probably have to put some of the onus on him. And I'll put the onus maybe on Scott Columbus, too, because I don't think his drums sounded that great. I don't think his mm-hmm. his drums you know, but there, there's not, you know, I know clacky beaters became the thing. I like the fact that it's a more natural drum tone, but I think we could have got more of a bonamy thud out of those kicks, out of those kicks, but yeah. that's just me, you know, and it was, the thing is, is it's, it's all about dating. You know, you get to a certain, you get to the late eighties and things start really changing. Mm. So yeah. I don't think you get more dated sounding than Fighting the World, though. <laughs> I, I'm just not a fan of the production on that album. I gotta listen to that again because that's when yeah. I went, eh? They're getting too big and dumb. I they mean, lost I, that magical Conan-y. They had a few songs, yeah. but they kind of lost all the magical Conan-y yeah. shit that I liked. They, I mean, yeah. I love, I love, I love Carry On. I love Black Wind, Fire and Steel. But oh. even then, it's like it's hard for me to listen to those songs because the production is just so tinny. Yeah, and that was the song. The cover song was "Black One Fire and Steel." Ah, so, nice. But I, I, I love the the production of this. I don't know. I, it just sounds really cool to me. Um, uh, I love, and yeah. I actually like the drum sound of this sounds too. Cool. I don't know. I, I think it's it's more cool. classic. That's true. It is. So I can take the mix. One foot in the seventies. Doesn't bother me. But yeah, I can live with it. But Lisa's right. It is a little thin, and that that's one thing that really always kind of bothered me about every Man of War record that they didn't seem to have any of that real heavy low end in there. And it is the bass, for the most part. Mm. For me, this is the best sounding one that they did out of the first four. The other ones, I think they just just weren't as good as this one. Yeah. It's the more polished sounding to me. That's true. Um, All right, how about we rate it? We usually don't rate albums, but let's rate this one one to ten. I'm going, to, I'm going to do 10. I love this album a lot. Uh, so. an, an, eight. an 8. No, no, I'm being too... I'll, I'll give it a 9. Lisa? I probably have to give it a 9, too. I mean, my heart gives it a 10, because it's just mm. like... this. I, I, I mean, like, I had... You, you mentioned Sign of the Hammer. I'm starting to sing the song. I started yeah. listening to the album, <laughs> and it. I remembered every fucking word to every fucking song. And every, it was just all in there after, I don't know how many years it's been. But, yeah, maybe I'll give it a nine because uh, because uh, All Men Play on 10 is big and dumb. And because the mix. Yeah. Greg? I give it an eight and a half because, you know, like, all men play on 10 animal. They, they get a little dumb here. You can hear them really starting to change and really going towards that big dumber kiss commercial sound. And I, I still love the record a lot, but this is where my interest started to wane. Yeah. That doesn't bother me though. But the only other thing that does bother me is the album cover artwork kind of lame and boring as opposed to the last one. Well, actually, there was one with the loincloths with them on the front cover, so that one's kind of lame, too. But <laughs> Hail to England's pretty cool. And, uh, I don't know, this one's all right. I can I don't swear even... they changed it. No, it was always they this, the as far as I know. At some point. Maybe they did at some point. I don't know. If they did, please write in the comments and tell us that they did. Yeah. And, I don't uh, remember. Oh, and, uh, yeah, since we were talking about it, actually... Jonestown would have only been four years before this, so it would have been really recent at the time they did that song. Hmm. Are you sure? Yep, that was 79. Are you going to test Greg on his musical knowledge? Me? No. That was 1978. 
Oh, you shit. You sure right? about that? She proved yeah, you was wrong. November 18th, 1978. Oh, shit. Well, Yeah, wow. November. Yeah. That wasn't that long, yeah. Well, it's, it's 2021. That, that's pretty long time ago. It was for now. <laughs> well, what the hell? 5150 was, was 35 years ago? Van Agar started 35 years ago? Whatever. He's still the new guy, that little He's bastard. He's the new guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 still, I'm still lamenting from 5150. Oh God! All right. Well, on that note, show's over. Uh, Lisa, anything else you want to tell us? That's it out of me, man. I just want to thank you for uh, inviting me to be part of this because I'm just like totally reliving my youth, and I feel like energized by metal. <laughs> awesome! And I'm glad that you joined us. That's right, Lou. Anything else you got to tell us? No, just you know. I love doing these uh, episodes of Screams Through the Grave where we talk about albums that time has forgotten. And Sign of the Hammer is definitely one that's worthy of your attention, people. Seriously. It slipped through the crack. Did he ever play any songs off of this album? Guiana is the only one that I know of. Yeah? Really? I would think they would do Sign of the Hammer last year. I love that song. Yeah. Strange. All right. And uh, Lou, where can we hear your podcast? Obviously on Ratsal Review, but... Well, it is available on Apple, on Google, on Amazon through Ratsal Review, and you can also like and subscribe to the video channel, Music is Life Podcast. And I'm happy to say, after two years of doing the show, and especially with the pandemic, I've been more consistent on episodes... Um, I finally hit 1,000 views, so uh, sorry, 1,000 listens. So thanks to everyone for doing that. And the YouTube channel subscription cool. is going; uh, it's growing, and you know I love it. So thanks. I'm gonna Very keep it cool. up. Very cool. We're struggling to get to 1,000 downloads. <laughs> 1,000 downloads on the audio? We've only hit about 500 on the audio. No, I'm kidding. We're like <laughs> I don't know what we are, but we're a lot. Not that much. Maybe Come on, man. I'm too tired for words. these jokes. <laughs> no, there's, there's people watching. And we know you're watching because I can see everything that you're doing. I know the secrets that you keep when you're... His uh, tearless I... retina <laughs> takes pictures that can prove. Quick, put I it back. That up. I must be smoking Greg's... He's uh... made of metal. His forehead gleams. Yeah. He's perpetual. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, you. Hey, you. Put it back in your, your pants. Your daddy's coming. <laughs> That's it. We're ending the show. We'll see you guys next week. Ratsoutreview.com. And uh, please check out Lisa's White Crone. Check out Lou Mav's show, uh, Music is Life podcast. And Greg has nothing because he's a loser. And we will see you next time. <laughs> I got better records than you do. <laughs> Girly <Goodbye>. boy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no. Yo, wait, I was, I, I was going to say in What? <laughs>